They talking all of this madness, talking all of this madness, talking all of this madness. They talking all of they talking all of they talking all of this madness. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Matt Madness Wrestling Podcast. I am your host, Ron Pashery. We're bringing you the latest edition of Unsanctioned with special guests, good friend of the show, Josh Aguina. Josh, we've been waiting a while to do this one. It is great to have you. It's great to be here. I'm, I've been looking forward to this, for sure. <laughs> yeah, it's been a long time coming. Uh, months, I think. Mm-hmm. We, you're actually the first person I think we've ever had on the show without ever doing an unsanctioned first. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> so you were actually introduced on the show. So now people are going to get to really know who you are. Um, I will start off with the first question I ask everybody, one of four. What is it that made you fall in love with wrestling? Because I know you wouldn't be here if you did not love it. Yeah. So I've been a wrestling fan since I was, I want to say, like, the earliest picture in my head of wrestling was me as a kid trying to give my brother a sharpshooter. <laughs> I was about four years old. <laughs> four! In a Batman onesie. It was probably still better than the Roth sharpshooter. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, that, that's that's my earliest memory. I even have the picture on Instagram. And um, yeah, for me, wrestling... It was the larger-than-life characters. It was me as a kid looking for that superhero and finding it in wrestling. Um, I had two obsessions as a younger kid. I had wrestling and sneakers. Okay. And those are the two that, in my age now, still my obsessions. <laughs> <laughs> so you're, you're a loyal guy, clearly. Yes. You, you will go down with the ship. <laughs> I watched... WCW Nitro in the year 2000. <laughs> I am very loyal. <laughs> I'm very loyal. So, uh, Gary Diutolo, who was our last guest on Unsanctioned, mentioned throughout the show, like, how many people besides him he thought were watching at certain points. And there were points when he said he thought he was the only one watching. You very well may have been the only one watching <laughs> Nitro in 2000. I may have been, but it's okay. I don't know if Eric Bischoff was even watching Nitro in 2000. We'll see. <laughs> Let's ask him. Yeah, yeah uh, Rasslin' Ted, or what was it, Billionaire Ted? Billionaire, Billionaire, Billionaire Ted. Ted. was definitely not watching anymore at that point. So you fell in love in the 90s. Yes. Um, you've obviously kept up with it now for, what, 20 years? Yeah, I'm 26, so 22. 22 years. Yeah. Um, so in that time... I assume you've probably done some research, gone back and watched stuff you didn't see growing up. Um, the next question is, who is your Mount Rushmore? Some people answer with their four favorite. Some people answer with the guys they think are the four best. I've had people answer with who they think are the four pillars of pro wrestling. What is your answer for the Mount Rushmore of pro wrestling? So I have a Mount Rushmore and I have all-time favorites. Okay. So two separate lists. Yes, so the reason being that I realized that these people were significant players in wrestling to build it to what it is today. And then I have my all-time favorites, which are my favorite superstars, (laughs) obviously. So my Mount Rushmore, Austin, The Rock, Shawn Michaels, and Hulk Hogan. Okay. Now, who on there, was there anyone on there that was difficult for you to put on? Hogan. 
Hogan, now why was Hogan... I can't stand Hulk Hogan. <laughs> right is now. This, is this from his in-ring work? Is this from his personal issues that he's had recently? You know what? As a kid, I loved him. And I'm, I meet wrestling fans who, like, they're obsessed with Hulk Hogan. Mm-hmm. Like, no matter what happens... You like, just met somebody last I, week. Yeah, last week, that dude... <laughs> What's up? How you doing? <laughs> I forgot your name. But dude loves Hulk Hogan. Like, I can see why I loved him as a kid. He mm-hmm. was that superhero. He was that, you know, role model that I wanted as a kid. But it's just when I look back at it, I'm I'm a I'm a mark. I like <laughs> ring work. I like and he didn't have that. Like, yes, he had the personality and the character that captivated me as a kid. But right now, it's like, I look back and I'm like, I can't believe I like that guy. <laughs> yeah, like, he, you wouldn't be queuing up Hulk Hogan matches exactly. when you have some free time on Not at all. I'm not looking for Hogan on the network. Like, <laughs> unless I'm looking for pure comedy and pulling up the SummerSlam match. <laughs> now, would you mark out when Hogan comes back? Inevitably, like you will? Not really. I wasn't even that excited when he came back to host WrestleMania that one year. I wasn't, like jumping off my seat for it. I was like, oh, look, it's Hulk Hogan again. <laughs> but um, I do respect what he did for the business, and I I understand. I'd rather watch a Hulk Hogan match than a Bruno San Martino match. So when you first started watching, this was before NWO Hogan. Like, yes. Probably just before. Just before, yeah. Did you appreciate that turn that he made? Oh, did you, yeah. Did you, you understood the significance of it and everything, even at that young of an age? I was pissed. I couldn't believe it when he when he dropped the leg. I was like losing my mind because in my head it's still real to me, damn it. Yeah. Like I was so into it. And like so we talked about this at X House last weekend. Mm-hmm. I watched both WCW and WWE at the same time. If it was a commercial, I'd switch over mm-hmm. and I'd try to like keep up with both shows and I couldn't believe it. Like, I was just so (laughs) enveloped in what was going on. And then that's when I learned that heels were cool. As soon as I saw the black and white, I heard the guitar. (laughs) That's when I figured out that heels were really cool. So you were devastated when he turned on Savage and WCW. Mm -hmm. But you saw the black NWO shirt. You heard the guitar. And... You were in. I bought in. Like, how quick was that for you? Instantly. Like, immediately? Immediately, And did that make you, like, heels going forward, or you just were into them? I was just into the NWO. Even to the Wolfpack, like, the Wolfpack was my my jam. (laughs) Like, I have pictures, me as a kid, Wolfpack shirt, I was all about Sting. Like, I loved it. Um, So, I mean, I guess in a way, they're kind of almost like... They were almost to WCW like what Darth Vader was to Star Wars. Like mm-hmm. he was obviously the bad guy, but everybody loves Darth yeah, Vader. He's still cool. Did that make you start appreciating wrestling in a different way, or were you still just thinking that this is real and it took you a little time to get on board with what was actually happening? I guess like it's. I was getting older, so. It wasn't making me mad when people were saying it's fake. I'm like, <laughs> all right, I get it. Like, it's fine, but I'm still into this. Yeah. Like, this is still my thing, no matter if it's fake or it's real. Now I know, oh, it's not fake because I tried to bump in a ring. That stuff still hurts, <laughs> you know what I mean? It's just 
You lasted a good, what, two or three weeks? Oh, two weeks, tops. <laughs> well, wait. All right, so the funny thing about the two weeks is the whole, like, after my first day, I couldn't walk for a week. Really? So I didn't go, and then I showed up the next week. And I went for like three days, and I was like, "Wait, I can't do this. Like, I'm really bad at this right now. <laughs> I'm not fit to be a pro wrestler." Now, was being a pro wrestler something you wanted as like a kid? Was it something you just kind of happened upon? Like, you know what? Let me try this. Like, I've never asked you this before. I don't think. The only reason I went to wrestling school was because I wanted to get in shape, and um, is it a good way to get in shape? It is a good way to get in shape, but. There's so much... It takes such a toll on your... Like, that first... Like I said, after the first day, I couldn't walk. So they went a little too hard on me, or I just (laughs) tried too hard. I don't know. But apparent... Like, so when you train to be a pro wrestler, if you go to the school, they they want you to be there. Like, you got to go to every show. You got to set up the ring. I couldn't um, commit to that. Right. You know? So I was like, you know what? This isn't for me. I just... I can't give you guys the heart that you guys need. Mm-hmm. So I was like, thank yeah, you for the like opportunity. They time commitment from you yeah, for they, training that. Yeah, they wanted me to be at every show. I'm like, I work on the, I work in retail. <laughs> like, what do you want me to do? Yeah, like I'm grown. I have an actual job and exactly. responsibilities. Like, it's cool. Like, the idea, like, I, I wish I had the time to, like, go to every show, set up the ring, you know, pay your dues, basically. But it's not for me. <laughs> so if you want Powerball. And you didn't have to work. Would you go back? Would you go back and train there? No, I'd get my own ring and just bump <laughs> just with you guys around. <laughs> <laughs> that might be the best answer to any question I've ever asked on an episode of Matt Madness Unsanctioned. I feel like we all need to buy prep Powerball tickets <laughs> just I'm, so we could get his own ring that I'm we could in. all bump I'm in. in. I want to start doing elbows off the top rope again. I want nice ring skirts, like Matt Madness ring skirts. We'll that get our nice. own title belt where I'll be the champion since I paid for it. <laughs> so good. You're obviously the booker in this territory. I am, man. Booker I'm... and the butcher. I was just listening to that episode of Keep It 2000 off Law Radio, and it was in Nitro. Apparently, Something happened. Kevin um, Nash couldn't make it. So he's talking to Jeff Jarrett on the phone and like, Jeff Jarrett's like, yeah, I'll book the next match for the for the next pay per view. You know, don't worry about it. So he books a title match for him against Sid. <laughs> or, yeah, him and Sid. Like, it's like, come on. <laughs> now, this is not one of the traditional questions I ask, but if this scenario ever actually comes to life, mm-hmm. will you book yourself in a match to win this title, or will you show up for the first time with the title? Yeah, I'm the champion from. So the you're rip. just walking in. Yeah, like, <laughs> isn't that? I yeah, mean, I I, I think just, that's the way to go. I'm, I would hope that that's what you would do. I'd be the ultimate heel. Would you wear it around your waist or over your shoulder? I don't know yet. Cause I tried it. I tried it with the TV title. That well, <laughs> sorry, the podcast yes, championship the that podcast I has, and it didn't fit around my waist. So I kind of <laughs> feel like I have to just have it. You know what? It would definitely be over my shoulders because when I was a kid, I always pictured myself when Rock used to walk out <laughs> like all cocky. That was me. I always wanted it on my shoulder. So you're a heel in your own promotion. Yes. I like it. I'm going to make a huge turn one day, though. <laughs> yeah? I'm going to pop the boys for sure. <laughs> now, you mentioned that 
your Mount Rushmore was different from your four all-time favorites. Yes. So I'm very curious to know what the differences are. Who is on that list? So the only person that was in my Mount Rushmore that's in my all-time favorites is The Rock. Okay. As a kid, I always wanted to be The Rock. I always did the <laughs> eyebrow. Like, that was something that I You did known. the eyebrow right now. Yeah, that was something that I was known for in school. Like, really? oh, he always does The Rock eyebrow. I can't do it. I was like, I don't know. It just happens. So The Rock, childhood hero. Like, he was my Hogan. Like, once I, like, once Nitro died off and, you know, The Rock was my guy. What do you, not to cut you off before you get to the next guy, what was it about The Rock that put him on such a high pedestal for you? Now, when I go back, now looking at it, it's I had I was big on mic work mm-hmm. as a kid, I guess. And The Rock <laughs> just had that personality. Like I could watch The Rock for hours, just cut promos like coming at Kane and <laughs> like stuff like that. So funny. He was so funny, but then he backed it up in the ring. He mm-hmm. had good ring work, so and he was huge. Like you looked at him, and you're like, "Oh, look at! I want to be like that." You know yeah. what I mean? So, that's what the rock. So he was, was like about. something to aspire to. Exactly. <laughs> I wish I could be the rock when yeah. I was a kid. You know what? I kind of still wish I could be the rock now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the rock is great. Yeah. Now, who's who's next on the list? Sting. Okay. I love Sting. The the painted face. So, Surfer Crow Sting. Anything. I loved Sting as a kid. Anything. Ex- okay, <laughs> except the Joker sting. <laughs> I hated the Joker sting. We talked about that the other day. We did. Oh my god, that was terrible. But I also wasn't watching TNA at that time. That was something I found after. Okay, so you you weren't subject to that when it was happening. I was not, but Sting was great. But up until that part, you liked him no yeah. matter what he was. No matter what, I was so happy when he came to WWE. <laughs> He's he was all he when he used to come down like that was incredible to me. That was just. I wanted to be that guy too. Like, <laughs> I wanted to paint my face and wear a trench coat. Like, so you were happy he came to WWE. I was just. I, I feel like they des- he deserved it. You know, as a career highlight to at least. And he looked good in the match with Seth before he got hurt. Um, what did you think of his WrestleMania match? Did you think he deserved better than being pitted in a WCW versus WWF? DX versus NWO, or do you think he deserved a one-on-one match? Or did that not matter to you? You were just happy that he I was just happy that he was there. The match, no matter the outcome, it didn't. It really didn't matter. It was a good match for what it was. Uh, Nostalgia-filled match. I really enjoyed it. Uh, Yeah, that's actually one of the things from that mania. Like something about I don't know if it was that stadium, if it was the way the sun was coming in there. And I was not a big Sting guy. I've talked to you at length about how I was a Northeastern kid. Yeah. I took that serious. Like, it is <laughs> it is us against them, WWF against WCW. We need to beat them. I hated everybody down there except for Jericho and Hall and Nash, basically. Yeah. Um, but I got to see that guy, that entrance. I stood the drums. That entrance still, like, it's just, like, so crystal clear in my mind and just being like wow like I didn't appreciate this guy but how cool is this this is the biggest show I mean I guess every Wrestlemania is kind of the biggest show ever now yeah and it's like and he's on it this is the biggest show he's ever done Sting is awesome (laughs) I don't care what anybody says (laughs) Uh, but I, I do think that he was what he was doing in WWE was good while he got to do it Mm -hmm. Um, 
a much better uh, promotional tie-in for the video game than the one they're doing this year for my money. <laughs> Who's this year? I don't even remember. Yeah, I don't need. We don't need to talk about it. Somebody with a white goatee. <laughs> oh, so he's not on my okay. favorite all time, but I was a huge Goldberg fan as a kid. Are you still? No. Or did you? Because this is actually an argument I've made uh, with friend of the show Biggie Dan Johnson, who is a huge Goldberg fan. I've told him, you know, I don't dis have any disrespect because clearly I've given a lot of heat to Goldberg since he came back. Yeah, you have. Even since before he came back. And I think Dan took a little bit of offense to it uh, the day of the Royal Rumble. And I tried to explain it. Like, I don't have a problem with it because when Goldberg came around, I was 19. You were like 7 or 8. If I was 7 or 8, I would have bought into Goldberg. But being 19, I was like, oh, this guy sucks at wrestling. Kind of like how all of us are now. Yeah. As a kid, I would have bought into Goldberg. As a young adult, I was not. Um, so I can get where a kid, like you said, the whole superhero thing, that's what Goldberg was. He was unstoppable to me. Like, And I would just look at him in the entrance, like walking through the back. He looked huge with that title. Like, mm-hmm. I was so enveloped in the story of Goldberg and his undefeated streak that... He that was my boy. Yeah, and I will always give credit to the fact that that entrance is cool. Mm-hmm. I cannot say that the entrance is not cool. Yeah, he blows the smoke out of his nose. Yeah. I was like, oh man, it's Goldberg. <laughs> I had a wrestling buddy with Goldberg. I had all these figures. It was so good. Yeah, for me it was just there was nothing else I bought into other than the entrance. Mm-hmm. Um, so number three on your your favorites, Eddie Guerrero. I, so. I did love Eddie Guerrero when I was watching him as a kid. Mm-hmm. I cried when he died. I was really bummed. Like <laughs> that killed me when he passed away. But I feel like I appreciated him more after his death. I looked in, and especially when we got the network, I watched so much Eddie Guerrero. Just looked for him and and found this new like, oh my god! I didn't know I liked Eddie Guerrero this much. <laughs> like dead. Like, from WCW to everything that he did in WWE, like, he was really good. Like, he was such a good character. He could play that role where he's comedy, but then he can get serious, uh-huh. and, you know, he could, he could work. Yeah. The kid could work. He was up there with anybody. <laughs> yeah, he was so good. His match against Brock, Goldberg uh-huh. aside, you know, <laughs> I really enjoyed it. He got the moment. I loved Eddie Guerrero. That was an awesome moment. Like, we just reviewed that show a few weeks ago. Now, it's kind of what I said. Like, the show itself wasn't great, mm-hmm. but that moment stands out makes that show stand out. Uh, yeah. It's one of those rare moments where you see him with his parents, you see him jumping into the crowd. Like, the, the whole thing was incredible. He's And he's someone that I don't think I appreciated till too late. Yeah, um, that was... Really like, I liked him. I knew he was good, but he was not among my favorites at the time. Um... Again, probably some of that stemming from WCW and my blind hatred for them. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah no, you got to go f- back and watch some WCW. So, so what WCW should I be going back and watching? Like what era specifically, or is it certain guys and matches? Not so much just certain time periods. For me, certain guys and matches because. 
go back and watch Rey Mysterio before he took his mask off. Mm-hmm. Don't watch after because it was really bad. Alo's <laughs> um, <laughs> favorite Rey Mysterio period. <laughs> that was so bad. Him taking off his mask and then he had the horns. Remember the horns? Oh, oh my god. Um, Alo is literally dang. cringing. The cruiserweight tag team titles. <laughs> <laughs> Coveted. <laughs> Coveted. <laughs> Go back and watch some Sting. Sting was good. Sting, I'd say, uh, not interject on this, but before the Monday Night Wars took off, um, early WCW, um, early 90s, all, all that Sting stuff before the Crow, uh, I've actually jumped into it in the past two years. Some of that stuff, I'm like, Man, this seems familiar, and I remember watching it with my brothers, and I'm like, I didn't realize how much Sting stuff I watched when I was younger. Uh, that's great stuff to watch. Um, I caught myself, I was watching, like, I'm in a series watching old uh, mid-90s Nitros right now. <laughs> but, yeah, th- there, there's, there's definitely some gems in there. Yeah, for sure. And, you know, so, you know what captivated me about WCW that WWE didn't have? Mm-hmm. WCW will go outside on the beach and have shows, stuff like that. Like I would watch that and be so I for so I have this memory of going to my babysitter's house <laughs> and hanging out. I know you're going way back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You got a babysitter. So so my dad my dad was a This up there with Alo drinking the Capri Sun. <laughs> <laughs> my dad would always teach Bible study on Mondays mm-hmm. and he would leave me at the the babysitter's house. Rest in peace, Martha. <laughs> so I'd chill with her son EJ, who was a little older than me, and we were we were not allowed to watch wrestling. So I used to get so mad when I had to go over there. But we were not allowed to watch wrestling. So we would go to his room, <laughs> and we'd sneak on Nitro. It was always Nitro because we knew that w, WWE had like. It was the adult content. Yeah, the adult content. So I'm like, I'm not going to turn on WWE. Let's watch Nitro. Let's watch yeah. Nitro. I have this memory of them being somewhere. I can't I can't tell you where. But like this huge fountain, like in the arena, like on the way to the ring. Yeah. And all I remember was a Harlem Heat match <laughs> where they had this uh, the gold and red like, gear. That's all I remember. But their, their scenery was so nice. That's that I get was what you're saying. It was definitely visually very different. Yeah, WWE, different. aside from a, a set being a little bit different, mm-hmm. everything looked the same, yeah. except for like a WrestleMania that was outside, or yeah. which was that that was only ever at WrestleMania that it looked like that. Or the first Raw, weren't they like in the mall or something like that? Something like that. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, and there was what WCW show was I just thinking of? It was this was after the NWO started. Um, it was it was whatever that one is where all the bikers are always there. Whatever show that was, road something. Yeah, that I can't remember what it's called, but that was always outside. Remember the match in the trailer, like terrible <laughs> match, but the idea and then like cutting to that, like so vivid in my head. Or when um, the night they got bought, mm-hmm. like. That yeah, that arena was outdoors. sick. Yeah. yeah, it was sick. It, it, it was like a because it was all all southern. Mm-hmm. They had like that biker crowd almost. Oh yeah, absolutely. Oh, yeah. And that that's actually something that I, not that I never noticed, but something I I would never was willing or perceptive enough to give them credit for is that they, their pres 
I think WWF, WWE gets all the credit for their presentation on TV. Mm-hmm. Like, because when I remember WCW when I was a little kid, it always looked dark. Like, it looked like it could have been in, like, a high school gymnasium. It never looked like it belonged in the same class as WWF. Yeah. Um, whereas WWF was, like, a well-produced TV show. But, yeah, WCW definitely took their product to different types of venues than WWF did. Yeah, for sure. I mean, it might be because they couldn't afford... Possibly. You know, the big venues, but... Like, the show that I was listening to, they were in Wilkes-Barre. <laughs> really? It's like, that's house show territory for <laughs> yeah. WWF, you know? It definitely is. Now, so, who's number four on the, the all-time favorites? CM Punk. Okay, now... Is my all-time... Like, my fourth all-time favorite wrestler. Like, I might get heat for this from some listeners. I don't care what they say. The character, the person himself, whether he's a douche or not, I don't Mm -hmm. care. What he stood for, his ring work, his mic skills. He he brought me back from being the casual fan to the hardcore fan again. Like, there was... I never stopped watching wrestling, Mm -hmm. but there was a point where I was just a casual fan to where... When I was a kid, I'd watch both shows, mm-hmm. and then like I was growing up, and then when the first brand split happened, I hated JBL so much that I only watched, <laughs> you know, Raw, yeah. or I only watched the one show, just to not see JBL because I hated him so much. <laughs> I love Sorry. just straight Sorry, up avoiding. I, him. I, I only like his commentary work. Yeah, <laughs> I, I said this the other day. I, I hated JBL. He was such I loved a Bradshaw. But he was just such a good heel, I guess, because I hated him. He wasn't a bad worker, you know what I mean? But that character drove me nuts. But CM Punk is what brought me back to being a hardcore fan. Um, Now, this was, what, his whole run in WWF? Did you know who he was before he got there? I didn't. So, like, at what point did CM Punk really catch your attention? Uh, When he started the long title reign, for sure. Um, every, well, even before, like, I guess after the Mysterio feud, so when he shaved his head and he wore the mask for a little (laughs) bit, that was, that was great. And just, just him, like, so captivating on, like I said, I learned when I, when I look back that The Rock's mic work is what drew me to him. CM Punk's mic work really drew me. And then the ring work, you know, was... Just an added bonus, because he was so good. Yeah. Now, one of the things a lot of people appreciate, people on the show, obviously included, was that he he bridged that rare gap where things he said, you knew they were real. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of times they, they tried the, the worked shoot, where they want you to think something is real, like Brock busting open Randy Orton's head. And they wanted you to think, like, did Brock go into business for himself? What happened there? CM Punk was bringing real things into the storyline, which always makes it more interesting. Yep. Um, Everybody obviously always loves an anti-hero. Everybody loves somebody who's willing to, like, push back against their boss. Uh, It obviously didn't get to the levels of Mr. McMahon and Stone Cold, but there was nothing real about that. Yeah. CM Punk hating Triple H, CM Punk hating Vince McMahon, that was real. It could have got that, to those levels if they would have let it. Yeah, they just didn't. Um, do you look at CM Punk as maybe being one of like the biggest what-ifs in wrestling? As great as he was, as much of a legacy as he left, 
there's so much more that he could have done. Yeah, for sure. I, like, we talked about this on the podcast that you'll hear. I wish, I hope that he comes back. I wish he would have never left. Could you imagine, like, what he'd be doing right now? If he was still here working mm-hmm. with these guys and on the mic against, like, someone like KO, masterful. Like, his matches with AJ Styles would be amazing. I'll never forget. <laughs> I was so mad. I never really watched TNA, but one time I, wa- I I turned on TNA and AJ Styles is cutting a promo. And he says, he starts going off and he says, I'm better than the best in the world. <laughs> and I, I threw my... I threw my remote up in the air. I started tweeting. I can't believe AJ Styles just said he's better than CM Punk. Like you felt about AJ Styles the way I felt about WCW. In that <laughs> yeah, moment, probably. I was, and I'm I'm like 22, like, <laughs> snapping about this. Like, come on, AJ Styles, you're not better. Like, now did insane. you watch his match after that or no? Yeah. Did he turn your opinion at all, or were you not no, willing? I, I liked AJ Styles. I was just upset that he came. You just CM didn't Punk. think he was better than the best in the world. No, he's he's good, but I don't. CM Punk's my favorite. Like I love <laughs> you guys know that. Like I started getting CM Punk figures. I send you guys the picture every day. Like, look, don't forget. I sent Alo. I said, I said just a reminder. <laughs> um. Yeah. Do, do you think he almost spited himself at this point by walking away, because things were about to turn around in a way that he probably didn't see coming. Like, where all the things that he wanted to do, I feel like other guys are kind of getting to do now. Um, Like, do you think he made a mistake by walking away? I don't think so for... This is me, as a fan, caring about him as a person. Mm -hmm. I truly think that he's happy with his decision. I I think he's healthy. I think he's living a better life now than he was when he was wrestling, when he was on the road. And he's married. Like, they, like, when I look at him and AJ's Twitter feed, like, they genuinely look happy. Mm -hmm. And this is me caring for them as people rather than, oh, I wish CM Punk was on TV. Why do you effing leave? You know what I mean? (laughs) That's just me being mature about it. Like, yeah, I'd love to see him again, but if it doesn't happen, at least he's healthy and, you know. Well, that's something that I've talked about a lot. I actually, I actually wrote about him the night that he lost his UFC fight. I wrote an article about him for TJR Wrestling, where it blows my mind how so many wrestling fans had so much hate for him for leaving. You've obviously heard me talk about my disdain for my job and things like that. I could relate so much to this is spilling into my real life. Like, what makes me miserable from 9 to 5, Monday to Friday is making me miserable on the weekend. It's making me miserable after 5 o'clock. It's seeping into everything else that I do, and I need to get away from it. This is a guy who probably felt that way. This was something he loved. It was so bad that it turned into something he hated, and he got himself out of it. He, you know, got married. He's now with this woman that he loves. He's now training in all these different martial arts to be an MMA fighter, something he desired to try to do. He's writing comic books. He's enjoying his free time. Uh, When he gets hurt, he can take care of himself. Yep. 
Uh, that's how I feel. Exactly like you said. Like as a human being, I am happy that that guy took a miserable situation, got out of it, and made it better for himself. Yeah. I do think he probably would be having a really great run right now, and I think if he came back at any time in the next two years, it would rival some of the biggest pops we've ever seen. Oh yeah, for sure. Um, I even think if they troll and play his music again like they did when he was gone I think it would be incredible oh yeah that would get an unbelievable reaction do you think you'll ever see him do anything related to WWE again I I don't I think it's it's not even the burned bridge I just think that him he looks like someone who might stick to his guns and when he says I'm not going back I believe him yeah, I I feel like he's there's such a authenticity to him where that I I do believe him when he says that. I do believe he's very principled. Yeah. I do believe he's a guy that he wants to back up what he says. So I I have no doubt. Mm-hmm. Would I love to see him back? Yeah. Would I love to see him inducted in the Hall of Fame? Of course. Of course. But, yeah. He does. He deserves that. No doubt. But. It is what it is. I'm, I'll I'll be upset that he left, but I'll enjoy what he did while he was there. Right. And and even after, I'm a, I'm a huge UFC fan. So, a MMA fan. I'll watch mm-hmm. anything. So, if he fights, I'm going to watch no matter if I know he's going to lose or not. You know? That's my boy. So, I mentioned on our show uh, already earlier tonight that... When he came out for that UFC fight, nobody knew what music he was going to come out for. They asked him. He wouldn't tell anyone. Mm-hmm. I did not think he was going to come out to that music, but I could not have been happier that he did. Yeah. That alone was worth watching the pay-per-view, paying for that pay-per-view, was seeing that guy walk out in front of that crowd to that music. I, I could not believe it. I was blown away by it. Did you think he was going to come out to that music, and what was your reaction when you heard it? I did think he was going to come out to that music because that's his music. Like he, that music. When people hear that, they're like, "Oh, that's CM Punk's theme song." <laughs> um, I was happy about it. I was I was at Chicken and Pete's <laughs> by myself. That's where I go because that's my safe place. Yeah. I go to Chicken and Pete's. I sit at the corner of the bar and I watch my UFC and I go nuts. Nobody knows who I am. I'm insane when I'm watching <laughs> UFC. So I, I popped huge for that. I got up and everybody's looking at me like, this guy's going to get his ass kicked. I'm like, I don't care. That's my boy. <laughs> yeah, and he's coming bad. out to the good song. <laughs> like, I, like I said earlier in the show, you, you'll, you'll go down with the shit. Mm-hmm. So... When wrestling was sinking, you went down with that ship. When Nitro was sinking, you went down with that ship. When you knew CM Punk was going to lose his fight, yeah. you went down with that ship as well. Win, lose, or draw. That's my homie. <laughs> yeah. Um, who are your favorites currently? This doesn't have to be just WWE. This could be just your favorites that are working right now. Yeah. So just to toss in mm-hmm. my favorite all time, those are singles. Mm-hmm. Just, just quick. Oh, yeah. My favorite tag team of all time, the Hardys. Okay. But they're WWE incarnation. I don't... I, I, I get the hype. It's funny. It's cool for what they're doing now. But Team Extreme, 
That was my shit. So nothing gets to Team Extreme for you. Nothing gets to Team Extreme. For um, me. so Alo is notorious for loving Matt Hardy, hating Jeff Hardy. Did you like them both equally? No, you didn't. <laughs> I hate. I hated Matt Hardy, I hated and him. I love Jeff Hardy. <laughs> like most normal people. Yeah. yeah I, like, <laughs> I appreciate him for what he did and what he brought to the team, but to me, Team Extreme was. Jeff Hardy and Lita, and oh, Matt Hardy's there too. Yeah. <laughs> Is there anyone close to them for you? Not really. That's, I just, like, as a kid, remember the music, remember them coming out, and oh, I want those pants. Yep. Like, I don't know why I wanted to wear those awful pants. Now I look back at it, but they look so cool to me. Their attire, they had that unique look, mm-hmm. all that. I always saw Jeff had great boots too. Yeah, and I always thought Lita was so hot. Yeah, I wouldn't disagree with that. Even either. when she was, what was the dude? S.A. Rios. Even when she was at S.A. Rios, I loved Lita. Not going to get any arguments, I don't think, from anyone on this show. You know me. <laughs> I do know you. <laughs> she was no Trish for you. But. But she was nothing to sneeze at. Who doesn't love a variety pack? <laughs> <laughs> That's a good point. Um. Do you have a favorite, maybe, who was not, like, an upper-tier guy? Like, a favorite mid-card guy or a guy who maybe was just underrated, but you loved him? Razor Ramon. That's another good one. We'll talk about that <laughs> in one of these questions, but the character is larger than life. Like, mm-hmm. I didn't know what Scarface was, but when I saw him, the music, the yeah. music really got me. Music is great. The music was so good. His attire, I always wanted, like, the, the razor. I never knew those were razor blades. I always <laughs> thought they were tickets. Like, um, like entry tickets and, mm-hmm. like, a carnival. I never knew they were razor blades. <laughs> really? Yeah, until I was older. <laughs> I was like, oh, now I get it. <laughs> That's amazing. They're the, the peel-away tickets. Yeah. Um... I would guess I still don't go six weeks without watching one of those initial uh, vignettes for Razor Ramon. Yeah, they're good. Walking around Miami. They're great. Yeah, he was unbelievable. There was one when he's by the pool. I would guess literally every six weeks I watch at least one of those. Um, so I'll go back. Your your favorite current current guys. My favorite current guys are, you know. This doesn't have to be relegated to four or five. This could be whoever is- you really like right now. This is normal, and they're all WWE guys because that's the product we watch the most. Mm-hmm. So I have five, not in any particular order. If they are, I'll, yeah. I'll say it. So f- obviously Finn Balor, Seth Rollins, AJ Styles, KO is my favorite. Loved him in Ring of Honor. I'm so happy he's in WWE. <laughs> and after this week, that promo and everything. <laughs> Listen to the show, guys. <laughs> I love Kevin Owens, and it's. The dude really sounds like he like oh I'm just doing this for my family and I don't care what nobody says. That's such a good character. Mm-hmm. He's a monster. Yeah, he can justify anything he does based on well no I have these people that I'm doing this for. Yep, exactly. No matter oh. what heinous thing he does. Owen Owens. <laughs> I'm doing this for Owen Owens. <laughs> I have an honorable mention. Okay. And I wish Ayla was here for this, <laughs> but he just left. John Cena. <laughs> so, listen, I hated John Cena. I was I was that guy in the IWC, boo Cena, or ha-ha, Cena wins, mm-hmm. you know, but 
I started to progress in my wrestling fandom and realized when he left, when I think D. Bry was the champ, you saw like the the hole in the card. Like, why does this seem so lame? Oh, Cena's not here, <laughs> you know. And I I get people's hate for Cena, mm-hmm. but I respect Cena a lot. We talked about his promos on the other show, and. But I feel like he switches it up so well. And so, some of the promos, like, against with him and Punk, when he was like, oh, your thoughts are the voice of the voiceless. Yeah. Uh, you call me a modern-day Hulk Hogan. I just took the hand away from my ear and put it in front of my face. That is so good. Like, he's so good on the mic, too. I got to give it to Cena. I love Cena. Um, he's a good guy. Now, did you put any consideration to having him on the Rushmore? Because no. he's definitely been the biggest guy since the Attitude Era, without a doubt. He is, but I just can't... Like, I I would have to take off Rock or Austin, because they were both were in the same time period, mm-hmm. but I refuse to. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, I wouldn't either. Yeah. I mean, there's a case to be made for him. It's just a matter of... It's a matter of... Some of it's a matter of, like, what era you grew up in. Yep. Some of it's a matter of, like, what you value out of these guys. Yeah, um, like, if I was born... Ten years later, Cena's obviously on there, but not right now. So Cena's the only guy that I see with, like, crossover. Like, some people know him who don't know anything about wrestling. Is there anybody else that, and I've asked other people this, and nobody's really given me a good name. Is there anybody you see on SmackDown or Raw, maybe even somebody in another promotion right now who's not in WWE yet? who could step into that place. Because somebody's going to be the biggest star in WWE, but they may not be big enough to cross over. So, not that he's the biggest star... Not that he's going to be the biggest star in WWE, um, but someone who has crossover appeal is The Miz. (laughs) The Miz has crossover appeal. Sorry, Ak. But he's he's not going to be... He's going to continue to be firmly planted in the mid-card for probably the rest of his career, Mm -hmm. even though his run right now is pretty big. But he will cross over into acting, into hosting, just like Cena. I agree with that. There's a lot of people that already know him because he was on MTV for years. Uh, So he has... I don't know if I'd say it's a fan base, but there are people who are aware of him who have never turned on a wrestling match in their lives. Um, and like you said, he does a lot of publicity. Mm-hmm. He's on red carpets. People that liked MTV in 2002. That's <laughs> no one else. Like me. Yeah. Nobody know him because of his acting career. Sorry to interject. <laughs> Not yet. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> he still has to film the Marine 6 through 12. Yeah. He's still got that. Yeah. So there's a way. He's, to he's got a lot of family exactly. from the first three. <laughs> um. I could see that. And uh, how old is he? Is he mid-30s? Is he late-30s? He's mid, I believe. Oh, current guy, I think, that can cross over, mm-hmm. Finn Balor. So I don't think his I don't think his accent will hold him back. I think he has the look. He has the personality. I think he can cross over into the mainstream media. That That's one that I'm always unsure about because... You just mentioned the accent. A lot of people check out as soon as they hear it. Um, but, like you said, he's got a great look. 
the whole thing with the demon and the paint is different. The entrance is great. Obviously, the in-ring work is great. I would love to see him, like, really blow up. It's unfortunate, yeah. though. Like, he carried an Not carried it, but him and Bailey were holding NXT up for all those months. Yeah. He comes up to the main roster and just out immediately for an extended period of time. Now we got to <laughs> wait for him to come back. Do we have any word on when he might come back? Uh, from what I see on the dirt sheets, he'll be back in two weeks at Fastlane. Uh, I, th- I think he'll be the one to help Chris Jericho against Samoa Joe and... Samoa Joe and Owens, his and two Owens. biggest rivals yeah. in NXT. Or it'll be all three of them versus Balor and uh, taking Seth's place, obviously, if Seth's mm-hmm. not available. I would love to see him crossover. I think that'd be great. And he obviously has some appeal in Europe already. He's got appeal in Asia from his time in New Japan. Yeah, for so sure. So there is a chance that he could get there. It's just a matter of whether he breaks through here. Yeah, I think he... Like I said, I don't think the... Especially if he's hosting, like, his voice won't hold him back. Or his accent. Yeah, and I'm, I'm always... I'm never really sure who's going to be really big. Because I know what I look for that makes me like or dislike a wrestler. But that doesn't necessarily translate to who mass audiences are going to like. So I never know. And the accent's kind of in with Conor McGregor. So it's okay to have an accent <laughs> now. Especially an Irish one. Yeah, so... <laughs> So Conor McGregor maybe has paved the way for a guy like Finn Balor. Yeah. That's actually a really good point that I never thought of before. He's definitely made the Irish accent more palatable. Yeah, for sure. There's not a man alive who can be with me. (laughs) I know I do that accent quite often. Um, I won't say anything on the show as far as the words I use when I do that accent. Um, But I do see that, that somebody like him can kind of get that accent a little more accepted um next question i have and this is the hardest question for most people because people don't like to give one you don't have to give one some people have told me i can't pick any what is your favorite match of all time this was actually the question i answered in my head first really (laughs) yeah so i have always as a kid i always loved the Intercontinental title. The design, like the original design. Mm-hmm. That plate is awesome. Yeah, <laughs> black strap. That Heck, was, I know that's one he loves as well. <laughs> yeah, that was that was my belt when I was a kid. I bought it. Even when The Rock, when the, when the redesign, mm-hmm. I had the toy belt. Like, <laughs> I wanted to be the Intercontinental <laughs> Champion. <laughs> so, my favorite match of all time, coming back to Razor, WrestleMania 10. Razor against Sean. <laughs> and <laughs> I love that. I don't, like, that's, I don't even think that's their best match. No, they, they, the SummerSlam match, I, I think, was might have been I better. Think it, I think it's better, but supposedly they did house shows to get ready for that ladder match, doing ladder matches. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And they said they did that match 10 times, 20 times, dozen <laughs> times, and they were better. But yeah. still classic. Oh, yeah. Just the visual of Razor holding up both titles and Sean getting stuck in the rope. Like, <laughs> I just love that match. That's my favorite match of all time. Now, so what I want to ask about that is, so I believe I've listed Savage Steamboat WrestleMania 3 
is my favorite batch for probably most of the last 30 years. The only one that has ever topped it at times has been the first Hell in a Cell match because it's Michaels. It was the first match of its kind. You didn't really know what to expect. Uh, one thing I think about that match, it's almost like three acts like you would have in a play or a movie. The opening act is Michaels being terrified to go in that cage with The Undertaker. My friends can't help me. I can't escape. He somehow survives that part of it. Then there's the part of him escaping the cage and thinking that's going to save me. It gets ten times worse for him once they get outside of the cage. Mm -hmm. And then the final act is the debut of Kane, which ultimately leads to Michaels winning the match. Yeah. Um, but that WrestleMania three match has stuck with me that high since back then. Is that WrestleMania ten match for you like You've loved that this way since that time and held on to it. Is it something you've learned to appreciate more over time? No, this is the match. This is the match that I remember as a kid <laughs> loving. Um, so that's mostly all I have to say about my favorite match. Uh -huh. That's my favorite match of all time. Can we shift the conversation to something that might be controversial? Absolutely. Okay. I'm always up for that. Hardcore wrestling fan, been watching wrestling my whole life. Uh -huh. I don't like The Undertaker. <laughs> I So, I can appreciate The Undertaker for what he is and what mm -hmm. he means to the business. But So, as a kid... I was born in a religious household. <laughs> the Undertaker scared the crap out of me. I was always scared of The Undertaker. Like, so I don't know if that carried on to me just not liking The Undertaker. Uh, the American Badass. Mm. Biggie, like, so bad to me. Like That's one of my least favorite gimmicks in the yeah. history of wrestling. But, like I said, I can appreciate The Undertaker for what he was, but I don't know if it's because I was scared of him as a kid that I just don't like The Undertaker. <laughs> so it was, it's a case of never. Never. And you've never warmed up to him, even a little bit. No. Um, <laughs> so, when he eventually goes into the Hall of Fame, obviously you believe he deserves the Hall of Fame. Yeah, for sure, like... There's, but he's not somebody you're going to be stoked to see come out and give his speech and get inducted. I will like the speech because The Undertaker is a character. Mm -hmm. And that's like, I don't, I think it was just because I was so scared of him as a kid <laughs> that I just don't like, dude, I used to be terrified. We used to live, like I said, my earliest memory of wrestling, I was like four years old. We used to live in an apartment for like my the first like five or six years of my life and I just remember like turning off the TV or telling my brother Jesus channel Jesus channel <laughs> and then I'd run to my room and be terrified because like I couldn't reach the light or something like that and <laughs> like thinking that the undertaker's coming for me like, it was so bad the best thing about that is that's such a visceral memory that you probably <laughs> still remember exactly what that felt like. I'm, I was terrified, yeah. <laughs> I couldn't sleep if I saw The Undertaker. Like, it was bad. And then, like I said, I grew up in a really religious household, so, like, when it c came to the Attitude Era and the Ministry of Darkness and, like, the sacrifices and stuff like that, as a, like, 
I get it now, and I can put that aside. But as a kid, I was like, oh no, I can't watch this. Like, I'm not allowed to see this stuff. Dad, I'm sorry. Lord, forgive me. <laughs> I love the idea that you had to pray over the. Yeah, Undertaker. man. I was like, come on, Undertaker, you shouldn't be doing that stuff. <laughs> Undertaker, you're mixed in, mixed up in some stuff. You should not be yeah, mixed up Yeah, man, there. you got to give your life to the Lord. <laughs> so you, you were almost praying for the Undertaker. Yeah, man. <laughs> so one of the things that I've never been the biggest Undertaker fan either, but one of the things I've appreciated about him is he debuted at a time when I was like just past the point that I would have found him scary. Like mm-hmm. I knew enough. Then it's like, okay, but I get why this is scary. I get why yeah. they're showing kids in the crowd who are terrified. And I thought that was like really cool. I really liked him for about the first five or six years. Then I kind of was like, okay, like it ran its course for me. Then um, Lord of Darkness Undertaker, when he got like really evil and really violent, yeah. I was like, this I, I really like. <laughs> like when he felt like threatening, like you were almost thinking like how is Stone Cold Steve Austin going to survive this guy how's Stephanie McMahon going to survive this guy mm-hmm. I got back into it then then he starts coming out to Limp Biscuit and Kid Rock and I'm like alright I don't like this at all yep. and then I kind of was never invested the same way like like you said I get it I get why people are huge fans I get the contribution he made but I'm not a huge Undertaker fan either. Me neither. Um, and I don't. I don't. I don't remember enough of his early ring work because I was too scared. I was covering my eyes. <laughs> I didn't even want to see him work a match. Well, his ring work was out. Was really always good. I yeah. mean, for a guy his size, he did things that, you know, you didn't see. I mean, the walking the ropes, mm-hmm. uh, the clothesline when he does like a flip. He did a lot of stuff that guys that size shouldn't be able to do. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I'm not up there among the biggest Undertaker fans myself. So not controversial to me. You're right. If Alo was sitting in that chair next to you still, he would have found yeah. it highly controversial. <laughs> um, and I'm sure some people listening will find it controversial as well. What? All right. So can I ask you a of question? Mm-hmm. So as a wrestling fan, what would what would you say? Like I think if this goes viral mm-hmm. and the IWC hears about this uh-huh. I'm going to get a lot of really mean tweets <laughs> about what, the Undertaker yes what would be your most controversial statement my most controversial statement wow that's interesting um, so if we're talking about the IWC it would probably be that before I left my house tonight I made it a point to watch the Omega Okada match from Wrestle Kingdom 11. Oh my god. Don't say it, Ron. Don't say it. I liked it, okay. but I didn't love it. I Like people saying, oh, best match of all time. I didn't think it was that. Uh, there was stuff I liked about it. There was stuff I didn't like about it. The whole idea of Dave Meltzer giving it six stars I think is ridiculous. I think it's, I think it's overhyped. So, so based on we're talking about who would roast me from the IWC, I get roasted over that I'm gonna more roast than anything you. else. No, so, <laughs> so okay, I I love that match. Mm-hmm. I am one of the people who liked Styles Cena more, but because I was more in that story, I, yeah. I watched every SmackDown, you know, every promo, all that stuff mm-hmm. for that match. So I do like that. That's a five star match for me. Yeah. 
I don't care what anybody says. The Okada Omega match, I also gave five stars. But do you think if you were more, like, if you followed New Japan from June all the way up to this January and then watched the match and Mm -hmm. you knew the story, you knew everything, and saw the promos and all that coming up, you think you would like the match more? Or was it the match itself? So I'm, I'm really glad that you brought up that specific point. Because one of the things I thought about it is, I did think that. I was like, well, I don't know who these characters are. I don't know what this story is. Um, and the way I tried to judge it, to... Because there... I never like a match where it's like you basically have to shoot a guy to win the match. Um, and so you hate every Cena match? Well, <laughs> no. But for a while, I did. That I've acquired a taste for that. So not, you hate not that every aspect. Young Bucks match. <laughs> I haven't seen a lot of Young Bucks matches, okay. but yes. Um, so I was trying to judge it through the reaction it was getting from the crowd who's there who watches that product. Mm-hmm. And clearly, they loved it. So that's one of the reasons why I was like, all right, this is definitely good. Um, and I'm not going to say I don't like it, because the people who are most invested in this love it. And that tells you a lot about it. What I appreciated about it was, as a guy who doesn't know anything going in, they actually told a story within the match. Like, I'm figuring some things out as I'm watching it. Um, One thing I loved about it was, such a big part of the story of the match was Omega trying to hit his finisher and could never get it. And I liked that. In fact, no, I loved that he never did get it. He never hit it, yeah. And so his finisher was never kicked out of. So if there's going to be a rematch down the line, uh, whether I don't know if Omega's going to stay in New Japan long term, I don't know if they're even talking about that, that's something that's already could be built into the next story. Like, he never hit his finish. Maybe he can beat him if he hits him with his finish. But it took three finishers on Omega for him to finally lose the match. I thought it was a little excessive. Mm-hmm. Uh, they they could have told just as good of a story, if not a better story, in 35 minutes or 38 minutes. I don't think they needed 45 to tell that story. I love that match. So I love so I like the little things in wrestling. Mm-hmm. Okada holding on to the wrist <laughs> throughout that whole exchange. I love oh, that, yeah. that little the touch. To the face. Yeah. He, he takes, like, a Rainmaker slash V-Trigger where Omega, like, turns him around <laughs> and gives him the high knee. But, like, they don't, like... Oh, my God. I love stuff like that. And Okada... I don't know how you feel about Okada after watching that, but I think he's, he's like, one of the best wrestlers in the world. You could see, um, one, and for me, even more than, like, technical ability, whether people care about you that matters more to me than anything else. Because mm-hmm. I don't care what you can do in the ring if nobody, Apollo Crews, if nobody cares about you, it doesn't matter how good your matches look. Um, Okada, you could tell that crowd is into him. Mm-hmm. So that's a huge thing. And I'm like, all right, I see why this guy is their champion. I see why he's such a prominent guy. The spot where he did the crossbody over the barricade, yeah, I thought was nice. Um, yeah, technically, that match... I didn't realize Omega was that good of an athlete. Oh, yeah. Um, that's the first Kenny Omega match I had ever seen. So I walked away impressed with what he can do. I, I walked away impressed with both guys. Um, 
but maybe it's just a it might just be a case of the style that is ingrained in me the style that I'm used to and that's just not going to move me quite the same way and like I said not to mention the fact that I don't have any knowledge or investment in either character I was just watching it to be able to say I've seen it and be able to comment on it Um, so yeah if I've been watching New Japan for the last year I might have said that that's already the match of the year. Like I, but not in a place where I can where I can say that. Yeah, January was crazy. <laughs> like that and the Cena Styles match. Like, <clears throat> but you said you preferred the Rumble match between Cena and Styles to that. I was so into that story and that match. There was like, I think there was like one minor flub in that match that kind of bugged me. I think he was supposed to. The part where Cena grabbed him off the ropes, that they kind of like messed up, and I could put that stuff mm-hmm. aside. But that I, I think I like that match more. So now I have a question for you about that match. One of the things I wanted to see, and I don't, I don't know if you and I have discussed this yet. You might have been on the show when I talked about this, but a big part of the story to me was about Cena coming back and just dismissing AJ Styles. Mm-hmm. Like you're just. You're not even some guy from Atlanta. You're just the next guy I'm going to beat. And a lot of the vignettes are showing Cena doing the Today Show and doing stuff away from WWE. So to me, it looks like that story was building towards, I'm bigger than wrestling now. I'm bigger than WWE now. I'm looking right past AJ Styles because obviously I'm better than him and I'm going to beat him, even though this guy keeps beating me. Mm -hmm. I thought what the story was going to lead to was, AJ beating him because Cena didn't take him seriously enough. A story leading into AJ, like, I just can't beat this guy, like, coming to that realization, and then it being a struggle for him to win that 16th title, I thought could have been a really good story. So then I started to think maybe he's going to turn heel. You you weren't watching the Rumble with us, but there were things he did during that match where I was like, it's happening tonight. Yeah, we spoke about that, like, the him, like flexing uh-huh. and stuff like that. Like I I thought the same thing, but then I'm like, but wait, this John Cena right, like Cena. Not right now. <laughs> but do you do you think so it's not that I didn't like that match cuz I did. I thought it was great. Um I prefer the SummerSlam match, but some of that could be because that was the highlight of me being at an otherwise yeah. underwhelming SummerSlam. Um I think they could have played it out better in that way where his 16th title reign wouldn't have been I won it, and then I immediately lost it. Um, would you have rather seen that? Did you like the way that that story played out? Because you said you weren't into that story. Do you think they could have played it out better, or were you happy with the way that they paid it off? I was happy the way they paid it off. I feel like it was definitive, the two AAs. And I like him, like, not let, like, the, the little stuff. AA. Yeah, he doesn't <laughs> let go, and he holds on, and he rolls over. Like, that match was that was my so far that's my match of the year with Omega and Okada slightly behind. Maybe if I so I've watched that match three times. The the New Japan o- match. Yeah, the new. I've watched that match three times all the way through, mm-hmm. and uh, I've only seen the AJ Styles Cena match. Once. So on a second viewing, you think maybe it falls behind. We'll see. I don't, <laughs> I'm curious to find out the answer. I feel like I don't want to test. I mean, I don't want to test. It. I don't want to test it yet because I want to be that guy who's like, I think it's better and fight for it. You know? Yeah. I mean, I I personally would rate it better, but I I'm not the right person to make that call. 
you would be in a better position to make that call than me. Um, now, you are big into indie wrestling. Like I said, I was watching a little bit of New Japan. Mm-hmm. Not up to date. I was watching the year behind stuff on, on Access. On Access, yeah. Um, I was watching Ring of Honor uh, that last summer into the fall before we started doing the show because I'm a huge Jay Lethal fan. I loved that he had the two titles. Mm-hmm. Um, I loved the story they were telling with that. Um, what What is it about... I'm trying to think of the way I want to phrase this question. WWE is different from indie wrestling. Now, sure. WWE is starting to take a lot of inspiration from indie wrestling, but it is different. Do you prefer the WWE style, or is it just the one that you... Is just more accessible. I don't prefer... So, this... I, I really want to save this for another show mm-hmm. between all of us where we talk about how we can make the cruiserweight division better. Uh-huh. We talked about that. <laughs> we did. But I don't... I don't think there has to be a WWE style. I think they should just have their rules for what you can and can't do go over the finishes but not have that style that's taken away from a lot of the matches so that's why I like indie wrestling mm-hmm. it's of course it's overkill like everything else you know at times mm-hmm. 20 million super kicks and pile drivers getting kicked out of but when indie wrestling is done well it's done really well and when the WWE style is done well it's done really well you know, I just appreciate them both. I, I really don't have a, a favorite, but um, the WWE is more accessible, like you said. So that's what we're used to, mm-hmm. and that's what I watch. Yeah, like if you're talking to people about wrestling that you just know in your everyday life, I mean, nine times out of ten, they're going to know WWE. They're not going to know New Japan. They're not going to know Ring of Honor. Mm-hmm. They're not going to know anything. Definitely nothing smaller than either of those two. Yeah. Um. But basically, you feel like in indie wrestling, they will set those guys loose a lot more than, than WWE does. Yeah, like, I, so, <clears throat> indies, I don't count New Japan as an indie, and I don't count Ring of Honor as an indie. Why? New Japan is the second biggest federation in the world. Mm-hmm. Like, so, they're just Japan's WWE, and Ring of Honor has... Worldwide, t- or not worldwide, but like they have TV. Yeah, what is it? are they still so, with Sinclair Broadcasting? Yeah, or whatever so, it is? so I can't even call them an indie, but they they do still carry the style of an indie wrestling. You know where it's it's getting watered down. Mm-hmm. I haven't enjoyed Ring of Honor for a long time. I actually stopped watching after after Jay Lethal lost the title, which mm-hmm. is crazy because I love Kyle or um. I love Kyle O'Reilly also, but Adam Cole is my boy. I can't wait till Adam Cole gets signed. I think he's gonna do great in WWE, just like Kevin Owens, like mm-hmm. that character, that cocky prick who's Adam. He's all about himself. I think he's gonna do great. But um, in like indie wrestling on tape is weird to watch, but going to the show, like when we went to House of Hardcore. We saw Leo Rush versus um, <laughs> Tony Nese. I believe so. Yes, that's the match. Of, that was a great match. Like, <laughs> that's what I want to see out of indie wrestling. Like it's cool to get the nostalgia. We saw Tommy Dreamer versus Matt Hardy. Mm-hmm. That's cool. 
but the big thing to me is like the high flyers, the guys who really want to put on a show. That's what I love about the indie style. I feel like they care a lot. They want to give the guy like the crowd a good show. Yeah. That's that's what I love about indie wrestling. And I like the smaller atmosphere. Mm-hmm. Like when I'm you're so disconnected when you go to a WWE show, it's hard to connect unless the last I want to say the last WWE show where I really connected with the crowd was after the night Roman won the title in Philly. Mm. Hated Roman, but was so happy for him and cheered and like got with the yeah. crowd. Like <laughs> that was such a great moment. All the BS in the Vince match aside. Comes back yeah. yeah. He gets Superman punch. Yeah, that was that was a great show to be at. And you remember that show, Eck? When classic. Roman won the title, how good was that? Yeah, it was classic. And I was, I, was I like, think I lost my voice that night. <laughs> I was, like, relatively close, too, which, you know... Always helps. Always helps, so, yeah. Well, so the point you brought up about um, watching indie wrestling taped pales in comparison to watching it live. Mm-hmm. I was borderline dismissive of indie wrestling for a while... Only because I viewed it as these are just guys who want to be different. Oh, I, I like Ring of Honor more than WWE because I hate WWE and I'm cool because I like Ring of Honor more. Yeah. Like, that's how I took it. Like, you're just, it's almost like a put on. And then I started watching Ring of Honor, like I said, for Jay Lethal. I started getting into a little more of it. Um, going to that first. Because I wouldn't even put NXT in the same category. When I went to that first House of Hardcore show, we were in the first row, I believe. Um, and it is a whole different thing. Like, that made me appreciate, like, oh, wait. Wrestling is not even necessarily meant for TV. Yeah. Wrestling is meant for you to be there and watch it. And you see that interaction with the fans. You see the facial expressions. Like, you see... The selling that the guys are doing, like right, literally right in front right of you, there, when you're sitting yeah. on a barricade. Um, I and Eck knows this. I went all in on Eddie Kingston, like <laughs> seeing the way he interacted with the crowd as a heel. I was like, this dude is awesome. And I'm not one to boo guys at a wrestling show. I just don't do it. But Eddie Kingston comes out when I went to my second House of Hardcore show. And as he turns the corner to walk by me, I was like, I have to boo him right in his face because I know he's going to react to me, and that's what I want. So I booed him real loud, like made eye contact with him, and he called me a jerk-off, <laughs> which was hysterical. Like, I start cracking up. Everybody around us in our section starts laughing. Like, it's so great. He, he told, I think, uh, Mike Day made fun of him or something like that. He was standing like up on the turnbuckle, and Mike Day was yelling stuff at him. He goes, look at your face. Like, <laughs> just rips it to Mike Day. Like, it was so funny. Six five. Yeah, 6'5". Really? You can't teach can't that. Can't teach that. <laughs> <laughs> it, uh, it is a whole different thing, and it made me appreciate it in a whole different way. It's like there are so many people making a living in the wrestling industry. There are so many people chasing a dream in the wrestling industry. Um, and it's cool to see something other than what you watch every Monday and Tuesday night, especially when what happens on most Mondays is it worth watching? <laughs> yeah. That's true. 
So, you're going to WrestleMania this year? Yes, I am. I'm assuming this is your first one? Yep. Um, what are you looking forward to most about it? Just being there. Uh, res- you always watch- We always watch WrestleMania, but I never thought about what it would be like to be there. Something about... I mean, it's weird with WWE, like... Going kind of going back to our conversation mm-hmm. at a WWE show, some it's easily, it's easier to get disconnected from the show than when you're at an indie show. Mm-hmm. Like when we're at House of Hardcore, we're always like there. Like whether you're five rows back or right in the front, you're still within like reach of the people who are performing. Yeah. So it's harder to get disconnected from the experience. So. I hope that that doesn't happen when I go to WrestleMania, <laughs> but um, I just want the opportunity to be at a WrestleMania to say, oh, I went to WrestleMania, no matter the card, no matter where I'm at, like, it's going to be great. We're in Florida. Mm-hmm. The weekend's going to be great. We'll go to NXT. We'll go to Access or whatever, you know? Mm-hmm. I'm just looking forward to that, and I get to be with you and Alo <laughs> for most of the... I mean, we're not sitting in the same seats, right. but... Hopefully NXT. Other than those eighteen hours that the show's going on, <laughs> yeah, man, we're going to be beat. But I'm looking forward to it, man. That's my vaca- That's my vacation for the year. That's why I'm so pumped for WrestleMania. Yeah, you'll be down there for the full week, right? Yeah. Well, I'm. Yeah, I'm going to visit my brother, and he's he's actually coming to Mania with me, which I'm oh, pretty cool. pumped about. Um, are you going to see any smaller shows while you're around? I really want to, but. If I can't drag my brother and you guys are too busy at access, probably not. Um, yeah, I have to look and see what's around. I haven't really looked. I want to go to that progress show. I want to see all the UK guys. I, I want to see more, wherever Marty Skrull is. I want to go see the villain. Finally, I need the picture with that guy, like Matt Riddle. I need to see those guys. We should go to a ball show. So you're a big Matt Riddle guy too. That dude is gonna be something big. Uh, what kind of time frame do you give him for that? Uh, two years. Two years? Yeah. You think he'll be an NXT guy in two years, or you think he'll be a main roster guy in two years? No, I think he'll be an NXT guy. Um, he has some stuff to clean up, which we all know about. He smokes too much weed. Mm-hmm. No problem with that. Just WWE yeah. don't play that. <laughs> no, they don't. <laughs> That's all we're waiting for. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, as far as indie shows go... How cool is it that, like, obviously WrestleMania, biggest event on the WWE calendar every year, but it also has just become, like, a huge event in the overall wrestling Wrestling community. community. Like, everybody descends on that same city. Mm -hmm. You get, every city that WrestleMania goes to now is a whole week of just inundated with wrestling fans. Well, now, if you, now, if you don't notice, it's, like, three, not quite Survivor Series yet. It's Royal Rumble. Mm Mm-hmm. Because when Royal Rumble was wherever it was at this year, everybody went to that city. Evolve had a show there. And in SummerSlam, everybody was in New York last year. Evolve, um, CZW, Chikara, all those small indies are all going to wherever the big show is. It makes sense. You know the people are going to take a weekend to go there. You know you're going to make money because all they run is the, um, the NXT show. So you have Friday... People start running on Thursday. For Mm -hmm. Mania, the earliest show is Thursday. Really? (laughs) Yeah. I think, I don't know if you know Joey Janela, I think his show's on Thursday. 
which is hilarious. He put out <laughs> he put out like something that he couldn't afford Earl Hebner for a whole match. <laughs> so he's advertising him to run in for a ref bump. <laughs> Do you know who will love that? Who? Alo. That's his least favorite official of all time. He hates Earl Hebner. Earl Hebner? Every time we do a throwback show, he's got some beef with Earl Hebner. Why is that? Earl Hebner's like one of the greatest of all time. He TNA Hall of Famer. I, I believe that Alo feels like Earl Hebner has ruined every match he's ever officiated. Oh my god. I wish you actually as much as you wish he was here for the Undertaker thing. Yeah. I wish even more he was here for you to bring up Earl Hebner because he would have lost it. I'm going to save it then. I'll save that in my back pocket. We'll yeah. bring it up. I'll pop you guys. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, we get the Royal Rumble here next year in Philadelphia. Yes. So you don't have to travel for it. What are you going to do when we get all those days of wrestling action in our city? I'm taking my vacation and I'm doing everything. This is not hyperbole, Pash. I am going to everything I can. I'm not even kidding. I already, I have, after WrestleMania, it's time to save money because Royal Rumble's coming next January and I want to go to NXT TakeOver, Royal Rumble, Raw, and SmackDown. I don't care what it costs. I don't care if I have to get a travel package like to get all four tickets. I'm going I love that. the idea of you getting a travel package in your home city. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Who knows? Maybe the, maybe the airfare is uh, optional and the plane or the hotel is out. I don't really need the hotel. I can hop on the train mm-hmm. and be right there in 10 minutes. Like, no biggie. So, the Rumble obviously will be at the Wells Fargo Center. I mean, I guess... NXT is going to be at the Wells Fargo Center as well. I hope I it's think. not at the Tower Theater again. It's, they won't do that for a show for that. They show, need. They think. need to just go to the Armory. It's such a nicer wrestling venue, like or the twenty three hundred Arena. Well, technically, right now they can't because twenty three hundred Arena has an exclusive contract mm. with Ring of Honor and House of Hardcore. So that's probably why they've ended up in the Tower anyway. Well, they should have ran the twenty three hundred from the Rip. Like, it's not even that big of, like, how big is the Tower Theater? And it's uh, it's such an odd venue when we go there. Yeah, I think it's like 1,800 seats or something like that. It's I'm not 100% sure if that's if that's right, but I don't I don't think it's as many. I mean, obviously, 2300 Arena has 2,300 seats, that's why it's called <laughs> that. But, but I'm pretty sure it has less. Yeah. Um. So, is there anything that we didn't get to that you wanted to discuss? on this show not really I just want to thank you for giving me the outlet <laughs> I, I said this in text but I want uh-huh. to publicly say it on the podcast I really appreciate it you're doing a good service to the wrestling fans and I appreciate it buddy well thank you for that that means a lot to me I, when I got into doing this I had told everybody who would listen I want to do this show but I want to do another show where I just have other wrestling fans on. You don't have to be a fan of our show. You don't have to have ever heard our show. But if you have a passion for wrestling, if you want to talk about it, I want to have you on to talk about it because part of what makes this fun is talking about it. Mm-hmm. Part of what makes this fun is disagreeing with people. Or sometimes somebody makes me see something from a different point of view I never thought of it before. Mm-hmm. Um, and I feel like there's so much division among wrestling fans 
that I like to give people an opportunity to get to know a new wrestling fan. You know, I feel like there is no one way to watch wrestling. If you like Roman Reigns, it doesn't mean you watch wrestling the wrong way. <laughs> yeah. If you like John Cena, it doesn't mean you watch wrestling the wrong way. You just watch it a different way from other people. So it is a pleasure to have you on. You're one, you're one of uh, a growing list of people who I've developed a friendship with just out of being a wrestling fan. Yeah, for sure. Wrestling, wrestling you, brings people together. Yeah, I met you out front of an NXT show here last year, <laughs> about a year ago. Oh, you should have said that. I know. <laughs> you were the yeah. first person to recognize Matt Madness on the streets. <laughs> so yeah, Eric's my friend. <laughs> I don't mean to... I should have kept it going like, oh man, you guys are great. Like, I mean, I'm glad you didn't. Because one, we were way too new. To be feeling like, oh, people know who we are already. Like, I don't even feel like now we should be feeling that way. Two, I did talk about it on the next show, and it was like a funny yeah. segment of the show. Like, yeah, for like five seconds, you're like, oh my God, somebody knows who we are. <laughs> like, oh yeah, I'm Eric's friend. And Eric wasn't even with us. That was the best part. Yeah, he got there like later <laughs> in the night, I believe. Uh, but yeah, I met you at an NXT show. Uh, the next time I saw you was when we watched WrestleMania. I feel like for the most part, I had only seen you when we were watching wrestling, and now a handful of times I've seen you outside of a wrestling event. Yeah. So, you're right. Wrestling brings people together. I've made a few really good friendships just out of doing this show. So, Josh, it was a pleasure to have you. I look forward to seeing you again soon. I look forward to doing this again soon. We could talk about uh, how to save the cruiserweight division. That's That needs to be a show. <laughs> I can go in-depth two hours... <laughs> On the cruiserweight division, saving it. <laughs> well, I think it needs some saving, so I look forward to doing it. Don't let me forget that we need to do it. Um, so that's the show for Josh Aguina. I am Rod Pashery, and we will see you next time. Tuning up the band, y'all don't understand. Fist the Superman, it's a summer slam. Here we go again. Fans mocking man, man, I hate my balls. Shut the mystery man, it ain't safe to land off the cell. Fans love it, ain't hard to tell. Talking madness, awesome. Well, what I'm cooking, man, y'all off the smell.